C'è la luna mezza mare, mamma mia, mamma redare. Sette pila fantasia, pilia mia, baciaccio tu. Welcome everybody, and here we are again, Hollywood Godfather Podcast. Pat, how you doing today? All right, buddy, how you doing? Great. I'm Millennium. Megan, how you doing, darling? <laughs> I'm great. How are you, Johnny? Well, we're going to have a good show. Pat has a special guest for us. Pat, why don't you do the honors and introduce me, please? I uh, will do that. Uh, tonight, we are pleased to have with us Mike D'Stasio. Uh, I hear a rumor he's Italian. I don't know. We've got to check on yeah. that. Uh, Sounds like Mike it. Uh, has a podcast and a YouTube channel called Real Talk with the Hollywood Kid, him being the Hollywood Kid. Uh, uh, Gianni, you, you, you have some, some history with Mike, I understand. I, I read the list, and I, I Mike, refresh my memory. When did we do the show? Gianni, you actually had called me about five years, maybe more than five years ago, before you had the book, before you had your podcast, and out of the clear blue, I'm at work one day, and I see this weird phone number, and I got a little nervous, to be honest with you. And, uh, and Most said, people he do. Said, oh, Mike. <laughs> he said, oh, Mike, this is Gianni Russo. I says, you got to be kidding me. I, I don't know. Anyways, you were launching your uh, vodka, Godfather Vodka, or the wines. Oh, yeah, and, the vodka. Um, yeah, it was a while ago. Right. And the Howard Stern was going to be there, and you invited me to come down. Uh, to do like an interview down there in New York. Right. But at the time, we really didn't have the capabilities in terms of the technology. And um, so, yeah, that was a while ago. But I, I actually had you on, again, before the book and before the podcast um, on my show. And, um, you know, you were high on my list, Johnny, to come on my show. When I first started doing my show, I had like all these Godfather guys. It was Alex Rocco. There was Gianni Russo, all the uh, Johnny Martinos of the world. And you were up there, and um, you were gracious enough to come on my show. And uh, it was a thrill of a lifetime for me because, again, I'm a first-generation Italian-American. You know, that pretty much means I grew up eating homemade pasta and mixing cement my whole life. God bless. And, um, <laughs> Not shoes, so I came hope. And, uh, <laughs> <it was such> a... <laughs> so I'm very grateful, and I'm so honored to be here, guys. And uh, thank you so much for having me on. It's a big deal for me. Well, it's a big deal for us to have you also, please. Absolutely. Thank you. Megan, you want to stop one of your millennial questions for our guest tonight? Oh, yes, of course. So, Mike, when did you start doing these interviews with Real Talk? Um, I started a little bit more than six years ago. Um, I actually I actually still work for the post office. And uh, so one day I'm, I'm delivering mail to uh, covering a gentleman's route, and I happen to deliver mail to this tiny shack. It was like a little cape house, real dump. And... Um, so I walked in, I saw this gentleman behind the desk, and I says, hey, uh, here's your mail, and uh, what is this place? He says, well, we're a radio station. We've been here for almost 50 years. He goes, Howard Stern's first job in radio was right here at WNTN AM 1550 in Newton, Massachusetts. Wow. He was going to BU, he was going to BU for our communications, and he was an intern there. And um, I says, in this dump? He said, yeah. <laughs> Boy, and, you um, <laughs> yeah, I flattered him. He was a huge Italian looking, so I can get away with it. <laughs> so I asked him, now I asked this guy as a joke, uh, just as a joke, saying, listen, I go, can I do a show here? And he says, well, what do you do, Mike? I said, well, they call me the Hollywood kid. He said, why do they do that? I said, well, when I was a little kid, you know, we used to play poker with my friends. I'd throw quarters against the wall. I used to, you know, my buddies got stuck on a movie line or, or an actor. They'd say, like, well, Mike, who was the guy who played the brother-in-law and the godfather? I say that Johnny Russo, and you know, <laughs> after a while, I used to rattle them off, and uh, they say after a while they, they used to call me back in the day, no cell phones, you know, Mike, who's this actor's name, and what was the name of that movie with the Corvette, and you know, with Mark Hamill and any parts, I'd say something like, oh, that Corvette Summer, and they say after a while they said, ask Mike, he's the Hollywood kid, he knows everything on movies, and it stuck. So that's my little my little thing, my little nickname I had. Well, it's obviously um, working for you. That's good. Yeah, it's, I'm having fun with it, Johnny. I really am. And uh, so I asked the guy if I can do a show as a joke. And um, he said, well, put something together. We'll, we'll, we'll put something, you know, we'll do a show. And I was blown away because I thought I needed FCC licensing, you know, broadcasting, school training. He said, just don't swear on the air. 
I said, I think I can do mm -hmm. that. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, but I can do it. And um, almost 300 shows later, and um, I'm having a blast. Oh, wow, that's a amazing. We're allowed to swear, and we don't. <laughs> we don't. We don't <laughs> think it's talk. proper, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Mark, I understand you and Gianni have some uh, mutual friends through your uh, through your interviews. Oh, yeah, a lot I, of I, them, I, I actually. Yeah, there's a lot of them on there. I had um, my first celebrity guest, Johnny, was uh, was Robert Davi. That's wild. He made a movie with Robert I I wrote and, uh, and produced a movie for called For Which He Stands, and he was one of the co-stars. He did alongside of William Forsythe, Maria Conchito Alonso, and Easy for you to Robert Davi. <laughs> and in fact, we we went to uh, we all went to a Cannes Film Festival. I had the movie through friends of mine picked, which is a great experience, for which he stands. Yeah, he's, uh, he was a, my first celebrity guest, and uh, after that, I just... It's a nice I, guy. I, I reached out. Yeah, he's a good guy. You know? Nobody could talk bad about Robert Davi in front of me because he really did me a favor. I promoted the hell out of the show, and it was a big deal. Sort of like Johnny Russo when he told all his friends he's going to be in The Godfather, and Marlon Brando tried to get him off, knocked off. You know what I mean? <laughs> off the set. That's what I did. I told all my buddies down in the club, Guys, I got Robert Davi. That's a big deal for me. And then the day before, I sent him a text message. He said, Mike, I can't do it. I said, Mini can't do it. I said, I got all my friends waiting next for Saturday for the show. He says, uh, I got to go to New Orleans for get an award from the Italian American League. He said, Can you do it tomorrow morning at like eight o'clock? I go, In the morning? He said, Yeah. I go, I got a job, dude. And um, I just, my boss let me take a quick early lunch. And I did it. So he was very, very generous, very gracious, and uh, he's a good guy. I you think know, that I, was uh, before he started singing Sinatra. All I hear now is Robert Davi singing Sinatra everywhere. I, I mean, I haven't heard him, yeah. but uh, yeah, he's not bad. He's not. He comes down here in Foxwoods every so often. You know, not really? Right now, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Foxwoods yeah. Casino. Yeah. That's Mohegan. A... Mohegan. Mohegan. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm at Mohegan and Foxwoods. I never caught him. In fact, I just did. I just did my last engagement before the pandemic, March seventh. I performed at their, one of their properties called uh, Niagara Falls Fairview, big casino, and had fifteen hundred people. And wow. then, and uh, fortunately, all the executives from the Mohegan Sun were there. And then the next week, we had a pandemic, and we're still in it. Unfortunate. Yeah. Unfortunate. Really. Uh, That's good. I gotta catch him. Really, but uh, yeah, no, I've had a lot of the Godfather guys. Uh, you know, J J Johnny Martino, of course. Al Martino. No, Johnny Martino. Oh, Al Martino, who you wish he had. Johnny Martino <laughs> pl played Paulie. Oh, okay, that Martino. Uh, okay. Yeah, Gatto. yeah. Gatto. The, there's the other Martino. But uh, yeah. well, no. So I got the guy that got whacked in the car with the, with the cannolis, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the That's the guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, Larry King on, and I've been very fortunate. I worked my ass off, you know what I mean. One guy, I'm very curious to see how you found about him, and uh, I, I'm not going to be polite. But if you want to be, you can. How did you deal with Paul Savino? Um, well, initially I was supposed to get his wife on and him at the same time because he had a cookbook. His they wife? Who's his wife? Cookbook. I don't even know her name now. <laughs> I, forget, I forget her name. His his daughter, name. his daughter. You should have. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, we should all have. Yeah, oh, I didn't mean yeah, it that way. Pat. I didn't mean it that way, Pat. <laughs> but he came. Paul came on. He was a nice guy. He was nice. I mean, but his wife couldn't do the show, which was fine with me because I wanted him. I wanted him by himself, anyways, in the first place. Oh yeah. So, so but that was good. And um, you know, I had Alex Rocco on. You know, Alex Mo Green. Yeah, I know, Alex. Uh, uh, hold it a second. I'm very curious here. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What's your take on uh, on Paul Savino? He's good. He was nice. I mean, he was nice no, to Gianni. <laughs> no, Gianni. Gianni. My take? Oh, my God. You said you were going to have something to say about it. I, I, I'm going to. I mean, I didn't, you know. But the thing, I mean, the that guy is, he's got an ego you can't believe. He's the best singer. He's the best actor. I mean, the guy is nuts. That's why I think he's not working. <laughs> He's, I mean, he, yeah. he's he got an attitude. I can't believe it. He, he said he got in a beef with Coppola. He said he was supposed to be in The Godfather, but he was fooling around with some one of his girlfriends. 
Did that ring a bell? No way. First of all, Coppola, at the age of 28, was married and not fooling around with anybody. He and The baby in my wedding was Sofia Coppola. So I don't think he was cheating with one of Paul Savino's girlfriends. What an egomaniac. Why, why even say that about that guy? He's, I mean, he's squeaky clean. I mean, yeah, until was, later. Yeah, he was, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess these guys get these big egos and stuff, you know. They, um, but you deal with it, you know. You just deal oh, with it. I mean, I've had people, I've had people come on, and it's like, you know, I had a couple of nut jobs come on a couple of times, and my producer wants to hang up the phone, but I'm not, I can't do that. You know, you don't want to build a bad reputation when you're doing. This oh kind no, of stuff. no. I mean, we, right. we're, we're all very congenial because this is what we want to do. But you come across them. I'll tell you one guy who'll never do my show if he begged me is James Conn. <laughs> Who would have known? Yeah. I read the book. By the way, great job on the book, guys. Great job. Fantastic. Uh, Got to thank Pat for that, man. All I uh, did was give yeah. him the stories. Yeah. All I do is write them. Without you, there wouldn't be a book. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, so you, re you read the book, Mike? A little bit of a dust yeah, I got it right here. Look. All right. Oh, you got the paperback. Paperback. Yeah, that's the new paperback. Yeah, paperback comes July. I'm waiting, yeah. I'm waiting for the second one. Um, that may happen. We don't know that yet. We, you know what it is? We, we have such success on this, and we haven't exhausted all the avenues that are being thrown at us yet. And uh, I don't know if uh, Pat told you, Nick Villalongo, who did the yes. show actually, he won the Oscar for Green Book, and he's written, he, he wrote the pilot, and and the Bible for the other nine shows already, so we're just waiting yeah, for. I try getting Nick. I try getting Nick a couple of times. Didn't work. Didn't work. I'll get Nick for you. Yeah. yeah he's right. he's here in New York with me right now. He's been quarantined for two days, and then he's uh, okay. he's actually here to reshoot the Soprano movie. And wow. uh, yeah, they, they they need more footage on it. So they, they brought the whole crew, and they got Ray Liotta and all of them locked up in a hotel here. But they had to quarantine them first, and then they're going to do some pickup shots. I heard that movie's coming out pretty good. Yeah, that's what they're saying. I, lot, I read a lot of stuff on it. It looks pretty good. I mean, we'll see. But, you know, Johnny, I, I love what you guys do as a whole in terms of, you know, John, Johnny with the stories, you know, happy and appointment, but... Johnny, you're the you're the you're the conduit to the old Hollywood days. You know the Brando and the Sinatra and you know Marilyn Monroe days. And guys like me, you know, I sit in my car every Wednesday, I get in the parking lot at work, and I go to iTunes and I see, all right, let's see what they got. Let's see, I refresh it and see what they got, and um, it kills an hour of my day, and I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, and, thank uh, thank. You didn't you didn't say anything about Megan. Megan is the glue to our show. No, 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 no. Don't even. <laughs> Megan's on uh, uh, Millennium. Yeah, I don't know if you're, <laughs> yeah, Mike, I don't know if you're aware of this, but it's uh, Megan that gets all the fan mail. Nobody writes to us. Yeah. They're all trying to date her, too. I write to her, too. No. Oh, man. They, they don't want to hear from us. No. It's, it's funny. Try uh, a New York accent. She doesn't have one. That's true. Now, now, another guy that I find very odd, and I had the experience of working with him. In fact, I did his... TV series when Stephen Canal discovered him was Ken Wall. Ken Wall, yes, yes, well, wise guy. Yeah, tell, tell. Well, I did the. Um, it's it's a funny thing that Stephen Canal. I've done so many shows for him. You know, Jump Street, anything he had. I I did like I think fifty hours of television. So he calls me up and he said, "I hired this guy Ray Sharkey." You may sure. remember him from Idolmaker. I said, not really. He's well, he's got a drug problem and all that. He's cleaned up. But I'm going to cast you as his brother. So I looked up the movie, and I'm saying, this is a little skinny guy. I'm going to be his brother. And we played the Steelgraves brothers for that okay. show. And we did the first arc. They call it an arc. We did the first six episodes. And this kid was the nicest kid. It was the first part of a show. And then as the years went on, he got crazy. I'm more than, more so than Paul Savino, if I could say that. 
And when they tried to renew his contract, he was listening to his agents, and he asked for so much money, they never did the fifth show, fifth uh, fifth year. And any about Ken Wall. Ken Wall. And the yeah. actor, any actor knows if you have a series after five years, you'll never have to work again. It just keeps paying. Right. He turned it down. And I've never seen him again. Yeah, he um, had some... Married one of those Barbie twins. Remember the Barbie twins? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He married one of them, and um, he got in a bad motorcycle accident years ago. Oh, I didn't. I I'm sorry. Him, I said, yeah. I said, Ken, you know, we'd love to see you back on the small screen or the big screen. He says, I can't. I can't even stand up for like more than twenty minutes on a set. He so he must have got a big spine. settlement then. I never yeah, heard that. Yeah, he does a lot for a lot of animals, and him and his wife they do a lot of. Animal stuff. And, uh, well, you know who had another? I saw your guest list, Stacy Keach. Yeah, an, another you know, guy. One of, first, one of my first guests, Stacy Keach was great. But uh, Stacy Keach had he had a, another a, an accident that he's he's totally immobile. Yeah. What happened to him? What? What happened to him? What kind of an accident? Motorcycle accident too. I mean, I'm talking about this guy's almost disfigured. He was a good-looking guy. Yeah, he was married to Connie him. Stevens, wasn't he? Oh, Mike, was, I had her. Was he? He, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah, he was married he to him. Connie Stevens. Sure. You know how? No, I was wondering what happened to him. He he, he had the the Mike Hammond series for years. Yeah. He was on everything. Yeah. And all of a sudden he vanishes. I never realized he was involved in an accident. And I I didn't realize Ken Wall was in all these years. I'm saying this is what happened. In fact, you asked me today, Pat, what happened to Ken Wall? Yeah, he, the guy just he's he hit it one day and gone the next. Yeah, I thought it was about to do with his uh, co you know contractual difficulties. No, but he had. I, a, I mean, he was he was a heartthrob. He was on the way up, man. And that was a good show, he Wise Guy. It was. He was big. Yeah, he was big on that show. That was big. And uh, you know, I, I, again, I'm grateful that he even come on my show. To be honest with you, I mean. It's just a, it's a labor of love, and uh, you know you get lucky. Sometimes I get lucky, and they say yes. And um, you know Tony Lobianco, you know Larry King. I don't know how I pulled him out of my ass, but I got Larry King. <laughs> that I mean Larry, Larry maybe that's where you got him from. But <laughs> <laughs> he's crazy, I I Larry King. I, I live on I live on 61st Street in New York, and every time Larry King came in to do CNN and all that, they always put him. At, at the Regency Hotel right down the street, 61st and Park. So I used to bunk into him all the time because I walked to the park every other day, do two or three miles. And every morning I would see him un, totally disheveled, walking around the corner to Madison Avenue, and there's a little coffee shop there. And this went on for weeks. So one morning I said to him, Larry, it's freezing out. Why are you going to buy the coffee there? He said, I have room service in the hotel. He said, yeah, but I don't get any of the fringe benefits. I have to buy the coffee in there. I said, so? He says, $14 a pot. This is only $2 a cup. And I'm saying, this is Larry King. He's going out yeah. in six-degree <laughs> weather <laughs> to buy coffee. He's got Larry 27 times or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Well, Jackie Gleason gave me a start. He told me the story. He started off in uh, some diner in Miami Beach back in the days. And um, Jackie Gleason got him... Frank Sinatra for three hours on his show, coming to the diner. And so that was it. That was like the launching point for him, he told me. But and, uh, I'll tell you, Jackie Gleason, I, I got to know really, really well. People didn't realize it. Where, where the Letterman studio is and all of that, that was first Jackie Gleason. They were live coming from New York, the Honeymooners. Every, every Saturday night. Every Saturday night. And guess what? I used to see him almost every day at Toot Shores. When I was 14 and 15, because this guy was such a degenerate gambler, he was into <laughs> Costello easy for 100, 100 Gs. Wow. Hey, I, was, I was telling Mike the other day, uh, uh, Gleason used to go into my father's restaurant all the time. Downtown? He, he, would, walk, he would walk in sober, and he'd be a great guy, normal guy. You know, say this is the, the guy that's on television. He's Ralph Crampton. You know, right. he's the, just, and then he would have that one drink that put him over the top. He'd be sober on drink number 15, and on number 16, he'd literally be on the floor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, couldn't, yeah they, walk, they, they, couldn't move. No. Well, what a nice out. guy. In fact, he invited me when when uh, the Dorrell Hotel 
He built a house on the Dorrell Country Club, a roundhouse. They helped build it for him because that's when he started doing his show from Miami. What a great guy. I, uh, he, invited, uh, he invited my father and, and I to uh, to the uh, shoot at Ames Pool Parlor when we were doing Hustler. Mm-hmm. I was nine. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, and what did I know? I that was Paul checking. Newman, wasn't it? Pardon me? Yeah. Didn't Paul Newman co-star in that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The pool shooting scenes were in Ames. It was on the second floor, 44th and Broadway. I know it well. And I sat there for for, for days and days. Uh, Willie Moscone, the great uh, oh, champion. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was the rack, yeah. the rack the balls in that movie. But uh, I'll tell you right now, Gleason is a great pool shooter. Really, right. yeah, he in real life. He yeah. all his own shots. Yeah. Not so with, with Paul yeah. Newman. He, he had somebody standing in for him. Uh, shooting pool, but the Gleason Megan, was... jump in anytime you want, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I wanted to make sure you were up. <laughs> don't mind me. <laughs> I'm here, don't I, worry. I had, Joyce, I had Joyce Randolph on. Uh, she was Trixie in The Honeymooners. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, what's that? Yeah. In, uh, no, the, I mean, those four talk about, I mean, legendary careers. So, so I asked her around 94. She's like 95 now, 96. So when I, I asked her when she came on. I looked her up in the phone book, and she answered. Anyways, so I asked her, I, just, I said, wow, you guys had so much great chemistry on the set. I go, you guys must have went out to Toot Shores after or the store club or whatever and have a great time on Saturday night. She said, not at all. I said, you got to be kidding me. She says, no. She goes, she, verbatim, exactly what she told me, Johnny. She says, Jackie Gleason was not a very nice man. Oh, right. Okay. No, yeah. I thought they had chemistry. You know what I mean? He no, he, he treated them like workers. Yeah. He, he he never rehearsed because he had a photographic memory, she said. And most of the time I he was drunk. Show. Whenever he forgot a line, he used to rub his stomach. Yeah, and I heard that. Somebody would feed him the line. It's uh, The honeymoon is still on television. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I recorded yeah. it. I still watch it. The original book. I still laugh at them. I was like 39. But she, she told me, she used to, when she used to come into the apartment and then go out, she used to go read her lines and come back in. Because yep. Jackie Gleason never liked to re rehearse. He used to go to two shows after and get smashed. Constantly. And, uh, he was there. I mean, I used to go there. I was probably two shows every day. In fact, um, they're, they're, in fact, if you like two shows, even our audience and yours, there is a, a documentary called Toots. I heard about it. And his granddaughter asked me, I was privileged, along with Frank Gifford and different people who were still alive that hung out there. Frank Gifford, I met him when he was still playing for the Giants. And I used to walk in there and see all these guys, Joe DiMaggio, who I never liked. And um, everybody was there. But it was like, if, who was ever in town was at Toot Shores. And I then they used to, when, Jack, when Jackie Gleason used to pass on the floor, they used to walk around them. Right. That's what I read. I don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> no, no, it's true. That's what that's what they did in my father's place. Yeah. He'd fall yeah. one time he was on Broadway. I, I forget the name of the show. It was uh six thirty in the evening. I'll never forget this. He passes out on the floor. And he always passed out on the floor. I mean it was it was no big deal. Like you said, people walked around right. him, they'd help him up, put the booth. But that night he had to make an eight o'clock curtain. Mm. He was unconscious. 6.30, and it's at least a half an hour uptown without any traffic. And, and they, they they picked him up, which is not easy to do, and they, they put him in this Cadillac, unconscious. At 8 o'clock, he was on stage, ready to perform. Yeah, they, they were giving him and, oxygen and, and at those days. That's unreal. On those you days, they gave him pure oxygen. Yeah, he was a professional drinker. Yeah. He was a trooper. So uh, out of all your guests that you've had, Mike, which is the greatest story you could tell us? Um, wow, good question, Gianni. Um, you know, there's so many. I mean, obviously yours are like legendary. Um, you know, I had George Hamilton on. I love George and his brother and his mother. Oh, he was great. What a doll. What oh, a doll he is. But he's he a perfect that, guest. Would, yeah, you would relate to this story. He said that um, he was about 18, 19 years old. He moved out to L.A., you know, he's a handsome guy, and he signed right at the tail end of the studio system. And back then, you know that they used to set up their dates. Oh, yeah, did you know, everything. 
They yeah, groomed so you, said, gave you dance lessons, did everything for you. So he said, um, he said they set me up on a date with Malin Monroe. He goes, I was like 19 years old. He goes, I, I was like, oh, you know, we would have been brother-in-laws then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to speaking of Joe DiMaggio. You mentioned Joe DiMaggio. Can you tell me if this is true or not, Gianni? Because I've always heard it to be like an urban legend. So one night, I don't know if he was married to her yet or dating her. He calls up Frank Sinatra one night and says, I hear Marilyn screwing around on me. And I know the hotel she's at. So Sinatra and Joe DiMaggio get in the car and they drive to the hotel. It's like a, it's not a fancy place. It's like a dumpy place. So they get to the room number and they kick the door in. And they get the wrong room. It was an old woman inside the room. That's a lie. <laughs> first, first of all, Sinatra didn't like Joe DiMaggio because he was a cheap bastard. And the other way, because he, he used to abuse Marilyn. In fact, I'll give you a story. When yeah, yeah. Marilyn called Joe DiMaggio, and we were all at Calneva. In fact, it's in our book. And she wanted to get at it. It was a Saturday night. Sam Giancana was holding court. And they were trying to convince her to take a photograph with Bobby Kennedy, because he was the one, only one that showed up. John was supposed to come too, and they were gonna try to blackmail Robert. Now, he was the attorney general already had six kids. And Frank told her, you have to do this for us. This is your last favor for us to do. And she went crazy, and for the first time, we all heard that John F. Kennedy promised her that if he became president, he would leave Jackie and marry her. Robert started consoling her, and she got pregnant by Robert and aborted the baby, and she went crazy and called Joe DiMaggio, who was in San Francisco. She said, I'm in Calneva Hotel. Come and get me. He called Sinatra because the world didn't know if Sinatra didn't get this done, Sam Giancana had a contract on him because he said he controlled Sinatra. Him and Peter Lawford were supposed to control um, JFK to do what they were supposed to do, invade Cuba, that whole thing about the fiasco about the Bay of Pigs, and give them the casinos back. That's the only reason the mob backed the Kennedys. So, I mean, for... Sinatra to go kick in a door, number one. He weighs 15 pounds. And, and he never liked Joe DiMaggio. Never liked him. He was cheap. So, I mean, there's so many stories. Did you ever, did you ever go to uh, the 500 Club? Of course. Skinny D'Amato's? Skinny D'Amato's, yeah. Are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> yeah. How many trips I went down there? I, I, was, I mean, it's crazy, crazy times. That's a, there's a, that club was amazing. For, for those days, that's when Atlantic City didn't have, have casinos. It was just a place to go, a destination. And that's how Jerry Lewis and Dean got together. You know that story? Vaguely, vaguely. What happened was they were supposed to go in. Somebody didn't go in. They hooked up and, and ad-libbed. Jerry being a waiter while Dean was singing and did all that shtick comedy and that's how they became Lewis and Martin. Wow. Wow. No, and, Amazing. And, and, Jerry, and Jerry Lewis had to be top billing. And then when they broke up, he said, you'll be nothing without me. And Dean went flying by him. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry so, Lewis was so famous in France, though. Oh, yeah. Hello. The French loved him. French loved him. I was over there. Nat Washburger was his producer over there, big. Johnny, can I ask you a question, Johnny? Please. Uh, the, I don't know if anybody's ever asked you this about The Godfather. The scene when, you, when you're when you know, you're hitting Talia Shire, okay? Right. Um, so she starts going with the Armada. She's ripping off the vases and they're breaking right, the right, right, and they're right, right. the crap. She goes to the, towards the poker table. Right. And she picks up the back... The, uh, chips, you know, that the thing that spins there, right? Right, that thing, those things weigh a ton. And she threw it at you, and right. I saw it, you hit the side of your knee, right? I mean, was that real or was that a prop? 
No, that that was real, and that that wasn't that didn't bother me at all, actually. You know what happened to me? I, I hold on, anyway, every, are your audience and our audience. I never did a movie before. Even when Jimmy Conn gave me the beating and chipped my elbow and broke my ribs, I thought that's what happened. So I, I, I mean, between fighting with her and fighting with Jimmy, I swore I'd never do another fight scene. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this business could be dangerous. Yeah, hello. I saw that thing hit your knee. I said, that had to hurt. I got to ask him that. That had to hurt. No. You're going to be interesting to see the, the new version coming out on February 12th, 2022. There's so many scenes in the movie now that the, the Census Bureau would never allow. And one scene in particular, which always confused people, is when she called her mother after I gave her the beating, and Sonny took the phone, and they were cutting back and forth, two shots, and your audience going to recognize it as I did. Her whole forehead was black and blue. Her face was all swollen, and all you saw me do was whip her with a belt and kick in the bathroom door. Well, they right, made us right. cut it because once I got into the bathroom, I was simulating banging my head on the, on the bathroom sink. Right. And the census bureaus said, you can't, first of all, she's pregnant. You got to leave it that way. But now it's all in. I can't wait to see it, actually. What other kinds of scenes that were not included? The there, there was another scene that I remember well. One of mine, I'm saying. There's so many other. But... I, I was in makeup and hair, came back from the trailer, was sitting in my trailer, and they knock on the door. There was three gorgeous girls knocking on the door. They said, Mr. Russo, we're here to put on makeup on you. I said, oh, he just had makeup in here. She said, no, Francis wants to shoot the next scene, you in the nude. Now understand, I'm 26 years old. I got three girls that have a robe over their arm. <laughs> One girl's carrying all this stuff. She said, go put this robe on. And then there were times I had to open the robe. And they're putting makeup on me. And I'll let your imagination go crazy, but now that scene's in. When she opens the bathroom and pulls the curtain, I'm taking a shower. They had two different versions. And she said, your girlfriend's on the phone. And, and, I, and I pulled the curtain. But they got me on full frontal nude. And it's going in. Oh, my God. <laughs> so... Maybe now oh, you'll all find, now, now you'll understand why I have eleven children. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God. God. <laughs> um, oh man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had Mo Green on, and I ran lives with Mo Green at the end of the phone call. It was fantastic. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's was, great. That was, that, was lot, that was a lot of fun, and uh, I, I want to do a scene for you, Johnny, if I can. Uh, Please. I'm going to do the scene. I want to see if I can do the scene at the table with Waltz and uh, Robert Duvall. Oh, that's interesting. Right. Here we go. Are you playing Waltz? I'm going to play them both. Oh, Bert. Well, let me see this. This is oh, great. Yes, yeah. I, I, it's like it's like a tattoo on my arm. Anyways, I, I want to give that part to Johnny Fontaine. That part is perfect for him. and It'll make him a big star. And I'm going to run him out of the business. And let me tell you why. Johnny Fontaine ruined one of Waltz International's most valuable protégés. For five years, I had her under singing lessons, acting lessons, dancing lessons. I was going to make her a big star. In a long, you know, let me be even more frank. Just no, hold my back up. Uh, I, was, she, I had her under singing lessons, acting lessons, dancing lessons. I, I was going to make her a big star. She was young. She was beautiful. She was innocent. She was the greatest piece of ass I ever had. And I've had him all over the world. And let me be even more frank, just so you don't think I'm not a hard-hearted man, that it's not all about dollars and cents. And along, I messed it up. Anyways, along comes Johnny Fontaine. Take three. With his olive oil voice and guinea charm. And she runs off. She threw it all away just to make me look ridiculous. And a man in my position can't afford to be made to look ridiculous. Now you get the hell out of here. And if that guinea wop goomba tries any rough stuff, you tell him I ain't no band leader. Yeah, I heard that story. Duval, thank you for the dinner and a lovely evening. If your car can take me to the airport, Mr. Colioni is a man who insists 
on hearing bad news immediately. Hi, oh, that's it. That's it. All right. oh, yeah. I messed it up a little bit. I messed oh, it up no. a little bit. That's, that, that's a lot of dialogue, man. That's a lot of dialogue. You know that all by heart. And you know, Sinatra denied that whole thing. That was one of the things that, that bothered him most. The thing that really bothered him most is that the mob didn't get him the part. Ava Gardner got him the part. And the mob had nothing to do with him getting here to eternity. She owed it to him because uh, that's right after he was up for that. He lost his voice for a year after he tried to commit suicide over her. And she with the went. With the gas. Yep. Yeah, with the stove. Yep. And thank God she went to James Woods' apartment, not the actor. It was his agent at William Morris because the old, old lady next door smelt the gas. Like Sinatra would have been dead. There would be no Ava Gardner. Wow. That's crazy history, man. It was, I'll tell you, it was great having you on, though. You got a lot of great stories. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you very much for coming on. Okay, yeah, so this is Mike Fazio, Real Talk with the Hollywood Kid. Thank you, Hollywood yeah. Kid. If, you're, if your audience can check out my YouTube channel, Real Talk with the Hollywood Kid, there's great, great stuff on there. I oh, no, please. Uh, Real Talk with the Hollywood Kid on YouTube. It's all over iTunes and everything, you know, platforms. It's a great show. You know, it's pales in comparison with what you guys do, but it's a, No, no, it's no. A nice, How many hours do you have up now? How many hours? Yeah. Uh, oh, I got about, I just put up about 90 the other night. Jesus. Shows. About an hour each. There's a wow. lot of great That's stuff amazing. on there. Murder, murder Mystery, Johnny Stomponato, uh, Sal Minio, Ronnie Chasen. There's a lot of stuff I do, Murder Mystery. Uh, Pat, oh, so, you, so you're you doing a lot of stuff yourself, straight out. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? Kitty Genovese, did you have it? Uh, Kitty Genovese was in 1964. That was a little bit before my time. I came out of job in 68. But she didn't, uh, she lived about a mile from me. Uh, those of wow. you who don't Genevieve's story is uh, she, uh, she was a, a woman uh, lived alone. Anyway, she was raped, murdered over the course of quite a, a length of time. In fact, the killer left and came back to finish her off. Oof. And there yeah. was like uh, 80 witnesses, uh, ear witnesses that heard the screaming and, and the, the, the police for mercy. No one called the police. Wow. And, uh, this is a case that people still talk about. Kitty Genevieve's. Wow. I never heard that story. I mean, I knew of the story, but never heard firsthand. Well, that's the reason why it became so uh, infamous, because average people, quote, did not want to get involved, unquote. I don't and blame them. Wow. They just let her die. That's how the 911 system came on, because of that case. Oh, that's why. Really? Well, again, we want to thank you, Mike, for your time and coming on, and let us know when you want to do it again. Yeah, one of you guys come on my show. Oh, I, love some it. I would love that. Oh yeah, yeah we'll hook it up. Okay. Okay, Mike. All right, thank you. Yeah, be safe. Thank you so the much. The Hollywood thank Kid. Thank you. The Hollywood Kid fades off into the sunset. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you. Okay, bye bye. Bye. Well, it's time to go to the mailbag. All right, let's do it. So, first we have a message from Fred. Fred says, Hello, everyone. As with most listeners, loved the book, loved the podcast, and can't wait for the movie. Now I have two questions for Gianni. What, if anything, can you tell us about Jimmy Roselli? I always thought he was a wonderful singer, but heard that he didn't get further than he should have because he wouldn't, quote-unquote, play ball. Also, Howard Stern had a guy on a show a few times named Johnny Fratto who claimed his father was big in the mafias in the Midwest. Is this true? Hopefully you can shed some light on these stories. I don't know about Fratto. I know about Roselli. And the story that I know happened, he was a major Italian singer, great career. And Dolly Sinatra, Frank's mother, wanted him to sing at her birthday. And so Frank had somebody that knew Johnny and... I didn't realize, nobody realized that Johnny Roselli resented Frank's career and where it went. So he said, have a son sing. I'm not going. Frank got the message from the guy, and that's when they put the kibosh to this guy's career. 
he could never sing anywhere other than in New Jersey. And who goes to New Jersey? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> he became big Shylock, though. Really? Oh, didn't you know? Oh, yeah, big shot. Well, one of these mob guys, and he knew everybody, and he had friends that needed money, and he became a Shylock. Do you remember the uh, the uh, Empire Room in the Waldorf, Johnny? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Funny you should ask. Well, the reason I'm bringing that up is I saw Jerry Kelly <laughs> perform there. Of course. Probably around, well, I was out of the Army. It had to be somewhere around 67 or 68. And he could, I tell you, that guy had some set of pipes. He oh, had my God, an amazing guy. Yeah. Well, you're, you're looking at yours truly, your friend. I'm yes, opening sure. the Empire Room. My friends from China, one guy, we spoke about the family, Abu Jal and Nawan Bakri and all of them. His mother and their family bought the Waldorf about two years ago. In fact, we were there for drinks for the closing night. And... What New York State Historic Society asked them to do, and they did it graciously, the first two floors of the Waldorf, which should have been open now, but because of the pandemic, is exactly the way it was when it first opened, including the Empire Room. Including, they had one, ele one elegant room. Well, I, they real, asked me to real, open it. Real New York. Well, that was a good segue by me then. Yeah, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they asked me to, to, to do a tribute to Sinatra, because Sinatra used to sing there. Wow. No, and, and for us, for our movie, we got the location. The, the Waldorf, when I used to sit under the clock, the Peacock, all that stuff is still there. Peacock wow. Alley, all of that's just the way it was. So we don't have to build any sets. We'll go right to the Waldorf. That's Excellent. wild. Amazing. Yeah. Good question. Right, the rest, yeah, and the rest of Fred's message, I do want to share. Give myself a little props. He Please. says, "And having Megan as part of the podcast is great. She brings a fresh perspective to stories that we may have heard previously. Thank you all for the entertainment. It is certainly welcome during these dreary times. God bless." Yeah, but can, so can thank you, you Fred. Recite, can you recite lines verbatim out of The Godfather? <laughs> can I? <laughs> yeah, very few people can. We just <laughs> Hello, had Carla. That, that's that's real talent. You have to aspire. That sure it. is. No, but yeah. the the bottom line is that, you know, it's whoever asked you that question, or Fred asked that question, mm -hmm. he only proved Pat and I right by bringing you yeah. on. <laughs> You're the star. You. This, is, this is your show. Okay, right. boss, what's Moving next? Moving on. From Amanda, we have a question that says, Gianni, can you please tell me why you do not have a credit card? You've mentioned this a few times <laughs> on your podcast. I only spend money that I have. My grandfather told me that. Perfect answer. Cash. Everything's cash. Or, or a debit card that's in the bank. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's economy right. in, 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 in the shape it's in if you were the Secretary of the Treasury. No, and not on that. I think, she, I think this lady's asking a question for one of my ex-wives to find yeah. out. What <laughs> <laughs> All right, next is from Sebastian. Sebastian says, Hi, Megan, can you ask Gianni if he ever met Jimmy Fratiano, please? Unfortunately, I did. I, I got to know him before he was a rat. In fact, Jimmy I, the Weasel. Yeah, Jimmy the Weasel. No. Yeah. The, the one guy that I really got to know well, and I did a Merv Griffin show, no less, then he was on it. Um, he was the first rat. Started with a G. What was his name, uh, uh, Pat? You know. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That was the guy they were holding behind the screen. Right. It was funny. Megan, I don't know if you heard the story. I'm doing a Merv yeah. Griffith show, and they did a theme called Tough Guys. And uh, a guy who just reminded me of that show just passed on. It was Bob Conrad this year. He was on, Jimmy Conn and myself. And I was the last guest because they were biggest stars. But as I came out, then they had the last... 15 minute segment, and they had this guy behind the screen with FBI's all around him, and uh, he had a $500,000 bounty on his head from the mob. So I came on, big smile on my face, and Murph said, What are you laughing about? I swear you're looking at the highest paid guest you ever had on your show. He said, Why is that? I said, Well, everybody wants to know where he is. 
there's a $500,000 bounty. I just called Rhode Island and told them where he is. The FBI went crazy, but it was a tape oh show. Gosh. No, but it was a tape show. It wasn't a live feed. I was just playing with them. <laughs> FBI takes everything too serious. Uh, yeah, they're too, too serious, these guys. That's funny. Oh, man. All right, next one is from Vinny. Vinny says, Gianni, I know you answered where your favorite Little Italy New York City place is to eat, but how about, about the Bronx Little Italy on Arthur Avenue? I used to go all the time. I mean, Mario's, and he just passed on. In fact, my good friend, uh, Bill O'Shaughnessy, we used to go there a lot, and it's still there. I mean, there's so many great places on Arthur Avenue. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more biased because I was from Mulberry Street, Precious Blood Church my whole life. I didn't get to the Bronx until later on in life. And, uh, but the Bronx, they really have a great three or four block. Well, you could speak highly on it. Yeah, I lived there. You for lived there for all years. through school. Yeah. What was your favorite place? My favorite was Amelia's. Okay. They had a little nice outdoor area out back. It was just very cute and quaint. I love that place. Are you saying Emilio or Amelia's? It was Amelia's. Yeah, I, I went to Mario's too because yeah. my dad wanted to go there because apparently it was a uh, part of the Sopranos was filmed there. Yeah, they did something. Yeah, and then Mike's supermarket. I love Mike. He's still there, and that whole that 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 what do they call it? They call it the uh, Bronx. You know what do they, what do they call that big supermarket you walk into? I know exactly what you're talking about, but I can't think of it for some yeah. reason. It's probably um, the Bronx supermarket. It's amazing. There's so yeah. many vendors in there. No, but that I... Area, I you know. uh, it's very heavily Albanian now. They own a lot of the Italian places. It is. Oh, yeah. I know. Well, Even that, like that, a lot of the, the bars and restaurants that a lot of students would go to are yeah. mostly run by the, by well, the Albanians. Well, the, a lot of you know, the Albanians, they're so close to Italy. Most of them worked in restaurants and very good chefs. I mean, I, I know a group up here that I went to the restaurants for years. And I never knew they were not Italian. And they, they, they have, they own Bruno's over here. They own Nino's on uh, 72nd and 1st Avenue. Still there. They're not Italian. Mm. John Gotti, everybody's going to eat. <laughs> mm. Okay, boss. Right. Next one is from Joe. Joe says, I saw an interview where Gianni says he was shot six times in front of his apartment building in New York City and said it's not in the book. Can you share this story with us on air? Who shot you and why? No. No. That's why it's not in the book. I knew, I knew what that answer was going to be. That's why. Who, who, who asked the question? Joe. Joe. That's why it's not in the book. Yeah. Now, there's certain things you could talk about and certain things you don't. If you want to live long, you know. <laughs> I love my life. Hmm. All right. Next one is from Jennifer. Jennifer says, I'm a big fan of the actor John Torturo. Do you know him and have any great stories about him? No, and I never met him. A great actor. Great actor, yeah. Good guy, too, I heard. I don't know. I I never even bunked into the guy. Hmm. Maybe he's just trying to avoid you. Probably, maybe. There's a lot of guys <laughs> trying to avoid me. Yeah. He's from New York, isn't he, too, I think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. His uh, brother's an actor, too. He, he doesn't have the reputation that John does. I forget his brother's name, but he usually plays a cop. What's John's claim to fame in movies? So many great movies. I think he won an Academy Award, did he not? I don't know. Mm. we have to look it know. up. Yeah. Moving right along. All right, next one is from Amanda. Amanda says, Gianni, you say you hosted all these Sunday dinners. Who cooked the meal? You or did you have it catered? Me. Are you crazy? <laughs> Come to my house, I cook. You should know better. You can attest to that. Oh, absolutely. I wasn't asking the question. I know, but how many meals have you that? eaten here? So many. I love to cook. I always say, I tell you to my Good kids, I say to my sons, Italian men think they could sing, make love, and cook. Don't do it at the same time. <laughs> Good advice. All right, on that note, <laughs> that's all we have for tonight, boys. Oh, great. Well, okay. another well, great show. Very good show. Another great audience. Thank you again for tuning in. Keep your cards and letters coming. We need your support constantly. God bless you all. Yeah. 
and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. I could be so warm, so tender. Call me. Don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me and I'll be wrong. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Regarding Gianni's motivational speaking appearances, you can visit his website, giannirusso.com. You can also visit amazon.com for a listing of books Patrick Picciarelli has written. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather Podcast, as well as leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails and voicemails. Good night. Hi, I'm Patrick Picciarelli, co-host of the Hollywood Godfather podcast, private investigator, and co-author of Hollywood Godfather, My Life in the Movies and the Mob. How much do you think you know about the infamous Son of Sam serial killings? Or think you know? My new crime novel, Blood Shot Eyes, is a fictionalized version of my real-life private investigation of the Son of Sam case. In this gripping account, based on fact, Private investigator Ray Yale finds himself immersed in this infamous case years after it was supposedly solved by the NYPD and the killer sent to prison for life. Yale uncovers facts which involve a celebrity's involvement and unleash a killer hell-bent on remaining a free man. A psychopathic policewoman, a small-time thief, and a police department cover-up add up to a page-turner of unrelenting suspense. Bloodshot eyes is available exclusively on Amazon.com.